Hi there, welcome back to the business side of fitness. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, we'll highlight fitness industry experts to learn about their personal journey and unique perspective. Through these conversations, we'll learn all about what it really takes to succeed in fitness. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Severiano LLC, specializing in fitness and wellness business development for impactful brands. The time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story, and now it's time to hear from this week's guest. Let's welcome to the show, David Soccer. He's currently the CEO of MyZone Europe, Middle Eastern Africa, the president of Europe Active and former CEO of UK Active. He has held numerous top-level executive roles in the health and fitness industry. Welcome to the show, David. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm so excited to have you here today. You have a really interesting background and you've held executive positions for many companies. So I'm really excited to bring your insights to the audience. Thank you so much for making the time. That's great. It's a time when we all need to be talking. Absolutely. Collaboration over competition. (laughs) So David, you were born and raised in Kenya and moved to the UK 30 years ago. How did your childhood influence your career in the fitness industry? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it it influenced me as much as I was born and raised in Kenya. So I spent most of my time out of doors or in the bush and not really concentrating on any business career. So when I ended up in the UK, I, I married a girl from the UK. The thought of being in an office just didn't appeal to me. Uh, I was quite into and exercise at that time. The health and fitness industry in 1989 was just sort of opening up in the UK. So I stuck myself on a personal trainer course, and that's how the career started. Yeah. And how did it evolve from, from there? Take us through 1989 to 2020. Yeah, it went up and down, up and down. No, no, I, uh, I, I started as a, as a fitness instructor in the early days of the UK industry and was lucky enough to um, be at the beginning of that, that wave, uh, became a personal trainer, became a club, uh, a gym manager and won Fitness Manager of the Year Award in the UK at that time, which sounds much greater than it was. The competition wasn't so stiff in those days and I worked at a fantastic club. And the net result is I went over to the States. I met a lot of people. I also met people from the UK, ended up working, being brought into a, a, a relatively large uh, group of clubs. There was Well, in those days, there was 14 of them. I became managing director of that group, which was grown up to over 100 clubs were sold. Um, had a brief time in Switzerland, looking after some clubs, started a supplement business uh, and sold that, and then um, ended up at UK Active. Uh, I was sort of critical. I was critical of what trade bodies were doing for the industry. Um, And uh, yeah, someone called my bluff and said, stop being critical and and show, show us what we should be doing. Now, in fairness, I surrounded myself by a great team and UK Active did some, uh, some fantastic, uh, fantastic work there. Um, I, at, while I was at UK Active, I met the, the owners of MyZone, um, liked their product and sort of moved off into that. Um, kept my hand in the sort of 
association world and then was asked to be president of Europe Active. So I didn't think that that would be as much work as it's proved to be. Um, not because they're not doing great work, it's just because the world suddenly turned upside down. And so, so that world of lobbying and trying to make a difference has, has become crucial. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Personal trainer to CEO, um, always finding the easy route because I, I kind of uh, was always first there and liked chatting. So it sounds like you got a lot of these opportunities through relationships that you were able to leverage. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I'd like to think that the people I got the opportunity from saw some skill and ability and just not the ability to uh, to uh, to amuse each other. But yes, undoubtedly, I, I built a, a, a network of, of friends, many of them. In fact, they're all still good friends now. In fact, I would say most of my friends are from within the industry and yeah and I like to think that I was given opportunities and took them and um, and um, produced the results on the back of them and I'd like to think a lot of people have have found their careers the other way around have started work for me and now doing extremely well in the industry so that, that that's that's how it is you make a step in and then you try and try and meet people and prove that you you can make a difference. Absolutely. And I love the idea of grooming the next generation of leaders. So David, you've had a 30-year career here in fitness. Over this time span, how have you seen the expectations of consumers shift? Well, um, in a number of ways. Uh, certainly, the consumers become more knowledgeable uh, is, is one thing. So 30 years ago, um, they were going into a health club and uh, it was just sort of wow and that's incredible and there was a row of treadmills and a row of bikes and it was new to everybody and now during the course of the time that has all been taken for granted. I also think that um, there has been a little bit of a move from the aesthetic to the health aspect of it. I, I think in the early days the fitness industry was a little bit responsible for that, promising you that you would achieve great changes in how you were and didn't really focus as much as it should on the, the health benefits. Um, and that is probably why the industry had such a huge turnover in terms of membership and, and users. I think it's become a much more professional um, industry. The, the young guys and girls who are coming to work in this industry as fitness professionals are, are more informed, more trained, more knowledgeable and able to see those goals. From the consumer point of view, they're more demanding, more expecting of service, and they should be, more looking uh, looking at the price and seeing the values, seeing how it fits into their lifestyle. People have become more time precious. So does it fit into their, their day? How do they fit it in? Is it convenient? Does it answer those goals? So a more demanding public because they become more knowledgeable a more knowledgeable sector to answer to that. Um, I don't say that they've grown at the same speed, uh, but but that's the way it is, has really changed. I think one thing that hasn't changed is that a lot of consumers look to their fitness experience as also community builder, right? They, they want to participate with other people, connect with other like-minded individuals. And then of course, there's a sector of people that like to compete. So how does MyZone foster community in gyms? 
My zone foster, I mean, communities at the heart of my zone, my zone being a, a wearable tech that, that simply is using what we use uh, as my zone effort points as, as a currency to try and drive people to achieve 1,300 MEPS, which we know is equivalent to the World Health Organization's guidelines for what you should be achieving that month. But because you are working through your facility, because frankly, we're a, a B2B product to little c. So what we're saying is within that facility, you can then uh, create communities of like-minded people, set up challenges, uh, the equivalent of WhatsApp groups, whatever it happens to be, or even just the feedback, because your community bit is completely relevant. It's not just what you're doing within those fitness facilities. What's making a difference to your life might be walking the dog, it might be going out for that run, all of it counts, and all should be part of your health and fitness community delivery of which your club should be that partner. And MyZone sort of creates that link and gives the ability to help the club create links between members, between members and trainers, so that the feedback, so we're able to all talk in the digital world that we're in, but also in the physical world. Um, so I, th- I think it's absolutely cr- crucial and it, it, it levels the playing field because, you know, if, I, if I'm to go for a run with uh, some Kenyan long distance runner, he's not going to be puffing and panting no matter how much he, I want him to be, uh, you know, at all at any point in that run. So, but the effort, the effort is being graded. So I'm getting more points because I'm putting more effort in, uh, but we're able to do it together. So it can act as a handicap system in that way. Push those people who are at the top of the pack to push themselves and to, to work really hard. And those people who are new to fitness and just getting going with it, it, it makes them realize that, that, that they that little bit of effort is making a huge difference and, and they can track their improvement. So it acts as a level, level playing field for all. I love that concept of of leveling the playing field because I think one thing that stops a lot of consumers from, you know, entering into the fitness club and whatnot is that they're constantly comparing themselves to other people. I've had people tell me, oh, I need to get in shape before I can become a member of this club. And it's all relative, right? You have to kind of meet consumers where they're at. And by leveling the playing field, you're encouraging them and saying, hey, you you too can participate. You don't have to have six pack abs. And it's really encouraging to the consumer. David, what do you think is the biggest opportunity in the fitness industry right now as it stands? Obviously, we're all up against these challenges from COVID. We're having to pivot businesses. A lot of people have had to furlough. Some businesses are going into their second quarantine right now, but there's always opportunity in every challenge. What do you think some of the opportunities are right now for us in the fitness industry? Yeah, well, if I'd... I'd and the insight that I should have had, I might have bought some Peloton shares some time ago, but uh, but 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 didn't. I, I do think the opportunity, and I think that the health and fitness industry should be really aware of this. We we had a lockdown, and everybody started looking at digital offerings, um, what they were what they were going to do for them for their members when they couldn't be in the facility. During that period of time, um, members and users and the consumers all got used to training um, outdoors, going for a walk, going for a run, going for a cycle, uh, whatever it happens to be, and actually liked it. 
And what what I think that uh, that clubs and facilities need to be doing is they the, the the opportunity is to to really look at your digital offering and therefore own own the consumer the consumer's well being get them get them involved no matter what what has happened is lots of people have reopened their facility and what have they done they focused on new restrictions in terms of amount of people they can have in a space and cleaning a complete obsession with cleaning um so you've just got lots and lots of instructors running around cleaning things well frankly we should have been clean beforehand now um now i and we're doing all that but what has happened is you're getting less people in whether it's because they're nervous or because the facility just frankly can't have as many people based on restrictions therefore you need to be looking at at what is your offering for those people who aren't coming back in how are you influencing when they're out whether that's remote classes digital classes feedback that way that way i and that is where pe- people like peloton have obviously had a, an enormous head start um and i'm not saying that every club should say i'm going to be a peloton because that costs millions if not uh, billions of of pounds but to have a good quality digital offering that complements your club offering is something that everybody should be doing so that they become the local community health delivery partner i couldn't agree with you more and there are so many different white label solutions and different ways to meet consumers right now that you know there there is a lot of opportunity to support consumers outside of their gym i think you made a really good point outside of the brick and mortar location we've a lot of us have been so fi- fixated on how can we deliver the best experience in this class or when they're here in these four walls for 45 minutes. I think the COVID situation has forced the industry to stretch itself and say, okay, well, instead of focusing on just when the consumer is in the door, how can we reach that consumer and how can we support them when they are outside of the club? So you you make a really good point there, David. So you've had so much success. You've had a lot of leadership positions in your career. And we all know that the importance of, you know, having a great team to support leaders. So how do you go about finding exceptional team members? Yeah, it's, it's the most important thing for me. Uh, uh, Second to none. I I don't think that that there is, you know, um, it's, any success I have had has been entirely down to my teams, uh, undoubtedly, to the to the point in some cases of embarrassment to what what I could, what I actually contributed. Um, and I guess um, from my point of view, I was just perhaps conducting the orchestra. Um, I think that that it's for, for me, it's always been the the ability to um, to to look at people and. Um, and see that, that that hunger to learn from you um, and to be able to let them run with things that they want to do. Give them the opportunity to do those things and support them and applaud them and correct them. But mo- most importantly, let it be their show. It's not, it's not your show. It's not, you know, at my zone right now, I have a, a big team and, and, um, serve on the board but i don't go to the board to be applauded for what i've achieved in my region i very much 
go there to celebrate the success of the people in the team and make a big point that it that it is those 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 people. I think that we need to um, in this world where everything you know where we have to make sure we get our the, you know where, where diversity is crucial and all those things we have to still go back to those core common values of looking for hard-working people who are willing to put put the hours in and are passionate about about making a difference to the to the health of the nation i get really excited when i see people who work for me just just doing doing great piece of work or thinking of things uh and running with it or coming back at me and arguing because they disagree with me on something. And uh, that, that for me creates that whole atmosphere because they're not worried, they're not scared, they're not intimidated, but we're driving towards the end goal. And when we get things wrong, we get things wrong together. But when they get things wrong, we right, we celebrate their individual successes. So, um, you know, we're not, we're, we're not, I'm not developing something. I'm not sitting down with a whole load of, uh, people who need architects where they need those qualifications or engineers where they need old doctors or vets or whatever it happens to be. I'm sitting down with a whole load of like-minded people who are interested in uh, driving the community of health and fitness and wellness forward. Yes, some of them are specialists in public affairs, policy and things like that. But really the overall message from the role is we want to make a difference. So I just think it's celebrating success and actually I, I could do that all day because that's what I enjoy most is, is seeing the success of, of, of my team. I love that mindset. I think that a successful leader is really a champion and a cheerleader for their team. It's somebody that's really empowering and your team, giving them the tools that they need to be successful as opposed to, you know, taking all the credit or calling all the shots. I think that's a kind of a, a misnomer in, in, in the understanding of what leadership is. Uh, sometimes, you know, people get caught up in, you know, the power struggle. And it's, yeah. you know, I read something the other day that was talking about always striving and never arriving. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. think that, you know, when you're able to lift up others, you're able to have that sense of fulfillment so much more than if you were the one getting the credit for, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. Not only do you, but actually... You know, if you if you run that team, then people will credit you for that team. Um, but that but they feel great, and and you know we, I, I like to empower people. You often get people saying, "So who should I be looking for to uh, you know to you know to mentor myself, to judge myself against, to put myself against?" And and I I always say against yourself. The, the only person you really know is yourself. So just try and prove yourself day by day, just bit by bit, um, uh, and just use the tools and things you hear around. But the focus should be about making yourself better, which will result in the team. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest surprises for me when I was leading and managing teams was really a lot of people struggle with confidence. So giving them that confidence to make those bold moves, to stand up to somebody and say, hey, that's a great idea. But I think what if, you know, I think if we pivoted this way, it might uh, you know, d- create a better outcome and, and empowering those people is, is so important. So David, who inspires you? Who's been a mentor to you? Who, who drives you to want to be successful and take on all this responsibility that you have in all these leadership positions? Um, uh, there's been so many people uh, in the industry over time who I've, I've seen, you know, when I go back to 
fitness instructor level. Uh, you know, there was a CEO at that point who has gone on and done done some great things. Who uh, who taught? In fact, I would say he was entirely responsible for changing my mindset. To go back to your point, uh, Vanessa, on uh, that uh, that you know, celebrate other people's successes. Don't try and make them yours. Um, was uh, you know was was an individual there. We all. Um, you know, I, I I was born and brought up in Kenya, and um, you know, I, I happen to be over here in the UK and, and chairman of a of a zoo as well in the UK because of my interest in, interest in conservation. But if I to go back to the, the those Kenyan days, um, I you know, I was inspired by so many people who I encountered just in Africa, struggling against things, getting through it, making it happen, um, you know, and uh, it's cliche. My father was truly inspirational person in as much as um, the fair fair and honest and always interested in me. He must have been bored rigid sometimes, but always appeared interested and and always helped me through so there are endless endless people um and there are people i admired for their i admire now for their tenacity to keep going um particularly when you look at uh, the situation we're we're in currently who'd want to be a politician in today's economy and today's thing and you look at some of these people and you might not like their politics and you might think they're idiots but my oh my god i got to admire their ability to keep going and of course they're not idiots or they wouldn't be where they are. I definitely would not want to be in that position right now. I prefer to be on the mic interviewing you, David, (laughs) as opposed to being a politician right now. So one of the objectives uh, that you have at at Europe Active is more people, more active, more often. So why do you think that right now we are facing this epidemic where more people have chronic disease, more people are suffering with diabetes, obesity is on the rise, yet people have access to so much information and data? And how are you helping people to create this healthier life and become more active? Yeah, the industry has to be honest with itself. It's, it's rather failed to, to, to deliver this message. It's been very successful at delivering it to the fitter people. But as you say, the, the obesity levels grow, the health levels grow. But if I was even just to take the, the UK as an example, the UK has its National Health Service free at the point of entry. Well, if we don't make a change, if we don't get people, it's really the National Sickness Service, not the National Health Service. And if we don't change that mindset, it won't be free at the point of, of entry. So we have to we have to focus on more education um, and, under, and understanding the needs of those who aren't really interested in what we offer. There is a there is a, a view in the health and fitness industry that people want to run and step and jump and all the rest of it, and most, there's an awful lot of people who really don't. It's not what they want to do. You know, if uh, you know, we've heard lots of pharmaceutical industry people say. You know, if we could have what you've got and put it in a tablet, we'd make a, an absolute fortune. Um, and what we need to do is we need to learn through all the different ways. So that is by being part of the community, looking at these people and finding out, you know, this isn't about getting people to run. This is about getting people to stand up and walk 20 steps, 
30 steps we we you know we, this is that is the end we need we need to focus on on to make a difference and so i think that not so much the industry but all the trade bodies and all all the all throughout um throughout the world need to be focusing on that what do we do working with government and we need to somehow start we can never compete against the pharmaceutical industry it's too enormous you know it's a uh, you know, there's $300 million worth of lobbying that goes into, into that side of it. So they're there. So what we have to do is work out, we know our solution works. We need to work with governments and see if we can start working so that fitness solutions are part of prescriptions and part of moving people to exercise. And then we have to accept it isn't a prescription they're going to like. We, you know, we, we think that they, they, oh gosh, you know, we did a test a long time at UK Active where we took a lot of people who were at the early stages of, um, of high blood pressure. And instead of them going on cholesterol, high cholesterol on, on uh, cholesterol and statins, we gave them free personal training and free exercise and the rest of it, all of them. And it was a big number. All their cholesterol levels came down and they all lost weight, and they all looked better. And at the exit questionnaire, every single one of them felt cheated and said they would have rather a tablet. Yeah, despite the fact they all looked better, lost weight, and were healthier. And then, so we need to be aware that the people are jumping up saying we want to do exercise. And you know, we we need to be aware that we need to slowly move th this them forward and we need to lose the tools that are there and digital will be one being part of the community get groups you talked about meeting people meeting people just getting out on you know i think if you could get a group of people who went out for a walk together and chatted and all the rest of it the walk came a bit longer and it was run by the health club and it was run free of charge one day they'd probably walk into that club and become members but let's let's start there and make sure our standards are really high, scientific, you know, scientific evidence-based standards that show that we can deliver. So we can have these arguments um, with government, so we can draw down funds, so we can do projects, so we can prove, prove the, the difference. So it becomes less about loads of articles about lifestyle changes and things that we kind of all know, but more evidence-based things with tools and solutions people don't mind giving it a go and it's, it's getting there but it's going it's going to take some time this has been a great you know if we do we shouldn't really but if you look for a positive that comes out of out out of this uh this uh pandemic is that people have got to start moving and got to be looking after their their health and governments have got to start picking up that agenda and working working with the experts and we need to be united both in uh right down to you know locally nationally internationally and globally not lots of messages just at the clear message that's why i quite like that more people more active more often that's what we're after and doing it in a way that they will do it and enjoy it it's going to take some time for a lot of these people to enjoy it we know how to deal with the top we know how to deal with the guys who want to go spinning want to go to a hit class want to go and, and do that we're 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 brilliant at that what we've got to do is become brilliant at the uh, at the other end of the market and the middle of the market and not say we can say genetically you know what 
you're going to look better. You're probably never going to look brilliant because that's how you are, but you're going to be really healthy and well, you know, uh, and that, that is so important. And in yourself, you'll feel great, and therefore you do look brilliant because from inside, you're glowing. I think you make such great points there, David. I, it's amazing how our, the fitness industry, we continue to go after the same 20% of people, right? There's so many businesses and we're chasing yeah. the same group. Yeah. And when we talked earlier about what are the opportunities for the fitness industry right now, I think you know what you just spoke about makes so much sense. And when I think of it, there's a, a club here in the US called Planet Fitness, right? And people, a lot of people in the fitness industry mock this business. First of all, this business has experienced tremendous success. It's because they go after the 80% that are sitting on the sofa that aren't, they're not trying to go after the client that's at Barry's boot camp and bring them into Planet Fitness. They're going after the client that doesn't have a membership. So one, they make the price point very reasonable and doable. Two, they kind of snuff the gym environment. I think I've heard something about there being like a something, an alarm if you slam your weights or something like that. So they really bring down that intimidation factor and they were able to achieve a lot of success. And I think what you said is so true. A lot of people do not want to go to the gym. It's something that they dread. You know, there's those of us that are head cases that, you know, for me, it's like first thing in the morning, I need my workout. It's like my therapy. If I don't have that happening, it's it's a bad, bad day for me, but a lot of people are not like that. And so how can we make this something that people look forward to something that they're not avoiding something that's very approachable and doable. And you don't have to go from taking, you know, 50 steps a day to all of a sudden taking 10,000 steps a day. How can we celebrate those little wins? How can we support people to be more active and not make them feel like they're a failure if they're not running 10.0 on a treadmill, right? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Planet Fitness, I I think it's a fantastic group. I think it's, it's just, you know, and their success would reflect the fact that they've, they've opened up a, a new idea. I imagine it's hard work. And you said that 20 minutes. It always makes me laugh when people say that 20% because I remember Sandy Kaufman talking about it nearly 30 years ago. The 20 percenters, I remember sitting there as a personal trainer listening to her and I think, wow, we still have this 20%. We still think, you know, and it's, you know, your Barry's or, or whatever. And, we're, and they're going to keep doing that. Well, you know, uh, COVID allowing uh, and the, and the, the rest of it, but the market, you know, not only is it what we should be doing, I think um, for for our own sort of um, sort of moral justification, but I actually think commercially, it's it's you've only got to say it's twenty percent, eighty percent. Tell me where the success lies in opening up that eighty percent. But you can't lie to them. You have to be honest, and you you know, and if you want to go after them you have to be honest about what you're going to achieve and give them an achievable target and accept that this isn't the best moment of their day this is just something that they're doing because for for whatever reason and they need to be able to you need to be able to celebrate that uh, that that with them absolutely what have been some of your biggest victories since you've been at my zone what what are some wins that you and your team are celebrating right now yeah, um, we're celebrating uh, a number of a number of wins. Uh, look, we're we're in um, 
we're in the best part of over 7,000 facilities uh, worldwide. There's, you know, been over 2 million people have got MyZone belts out of there. So one of the wins that we, that we are celebrating is we're now sort of getting meaningful data, which now shows us where we can make a difference and where, where we can um, uh, go forward. Um, we are um, much more focused on, we've always been focused on that 1,300 METs, the World Health Guidelines, so um, the, the success in hitting that and seeing the increased amount of people who are hitting that, and it's not difficult to hit it, but for us, it's a win because it's a measurable, it's a measurable successful um, uh, area for that 80%. So we're making a difference um, to, to the health of the nation. We've, we've grown the business a great deal. So, I mean, in commercial terms, you know, going from, sort of an office um, in the UK and one in Chicago to, to now having an office in Australia and we're opening in Singapore and we've opened in Munich. Um, as that, we have a new um, M, uh, MyZone remote offering, which is a digital offering, which fits in with those health clubs too. That goes down to that white labeling bit that you spoke about earlier. Um, we felt we wanted to develop this um, not as an ex, extra commercial, product for us but for a lot of those clubs out there who can't possibly produce um, the facility or, or, or the ability to do remote classes to the standard that they would like to do so it can be an add-on and a benefit uh, benefit to them not everybody can set up a studio and make it look fantastic and people aren't going to live forever with someone standing in front of them with a camera holding it up uh, you know it, it has to be it has to be better than that so my my zone, uh, MZ Remote has been a success. We've done a lot of work in the UK with Loughborough University, which is a very highly respected um, uh, university in the sports world at um, looking at fitness testing. And we're launching a product which I think will be groundbreaking in that area for people at all levels to measure where they are just against themselves as individuals um, so they can see their improvements. Not everything has to be a challenge against other people. So it's um, you know it's it's a good team. We're we 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 you know we we've grown as a business uh, you know by uh, sort of 50 percent every year. And uh, this year isn't going to be for anybody unless you're um, you, you know a, a peloton or a zoom. Um, but we but we will have another another uh, growth year by I think having a strategy which is looking uh, is trying to look at the difference we're making through the products more, more looking at that kind of thing and we're starting now to see yeah you know how we can affect other things um you know um yeah is is there a way my zone acting remotely can affect you know what, what's the biggest my biggest takeaway from this whole last few months is we went outside and we could see the stars for the for the first time in a long time which is rare and wonderful in london uh, and uh, breathe the air and there wasn't planes flying and of course we can't have the uh, uh, economy crashing but it would be really terrible to take those environmental gains and just throw them away so at my zone we're trying to see how we how we can help in some way in that in that uh, in, on that agenda as well. What a great mission to be a part of. Thank you so much, David, for taking the time to explain everything that you've been, you know, up to right now, your current mission in the fitness industry, as well as 
your uh, experience? Because I think hearing from somebody that has had 30 years of experience and a, a track record of success is so valuable to not only myself, but the audience, because we there's a lot to learn here. And I think the mindset of a true leader has really come across in the way that you've explained, you know, your, your mentality and how you approach business. So thank you so much for taking the time. If somebody's listening to this and they want to connect with you, find out more about my zone or just connect with you in general, how can they do that? Uh, they can do that either by sending me an email, david.stalker at myzone.org. They'll find me at David Stalker on Twitter. Uh, I've no idea what I am on Instagram, but I, I, uh, but I am there. But uh, through those, I, I'd love, you know, I love connecting with people from this industry and anything I can do. Yeah, anything I can do to help anybody, but I also love to hear about people's stories and where they're going and things like that. You know, um, it's an industry which I am, passionate about and passionate about the people and so I anyone who gets contact through this I've really enjoyed the, the the conversation I would love to hear from them thanks so much David hi everyone this is your host Vanessa Severiano I have a huge favor to ask of you If you found value in this episode, I'd love it if you would please subscribe, review, and share this episode. It would really mean so much to me. I truly love connecting with fitness and wellness experts. So if you'd like to be on the show or are looking for help in your business, definitely drop me a line and connect with me. You can find me at hello at vanessaseveriano.com or my social media handle. Since my last name is not the easiest to spell, I'm going to go ahead and make it really easy for you and link my contact details in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next episode.